Hi. Hello. Welcome to It Bears Repeating. And it does. Another RuPaul's Drag Race recap show. I'm Tom. And I'm Tiffany. And if you haven't already, we have a bonus episode. We have officially launched a Patreon. You can hear all about it or just check it out. It'll be in the description box below. Yes, good. Yeah, I don't want to be too pushy about it, but that's probably like the last time I'm going to like <laughs> just be like so abrupt with it. Right. Then, uh, just so you know. Just, it's there. So since we already did our like pre-show bullshit on the last episode, which includes us talking about seeing Ben de la Creme, about our weeks, that's where you can catch up with us. But we're going to jump into reviews and then right into the episode. It's going to be a refreshing, different pace for this episode. It's going to be great. All right. Because we like to hear your appreciation for us and show you appreciation. We're going to read some reviews. Tiffany, what you got? So the title of this one is Tom and Tiffany are so cute. And this was left for us by M. Mazza 2003. Mia. So it reads a fun podcast for folks who are such RPDR diehards that after All Right, Mary... And Squirrel Friends Cocktail Hour, they still want more analysis. Tom is the sweet queenie boy, and Tiff is his delightfully bitter street Judy. <laughs> it's a pod by the Drag Race Obsessed for the Drag Race Obsessed, and I wouldn't miss an episode. Super responsive on Twitter, too. Love you guys. At Dying Breed XOXO. Thanks, Mia. We love you. We do love you. Is Tom sweet? Is Tiffany bitter? Sometimes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, Tiffany sent facts me. Facts are facts, America. Tiffany sent me a screenshot of this review, and she was like, "Are you sweet?" I was like, mm, "Let's people let people think what they think about me. If they think I'm sweet, let's just roll with it." I mean, it, why don't well, let's, we don't need to correct it? If, if, if it isn't broke, then don't fix it. Yes. Uh, mine says, everyone thinks I'm crazy lipstick. Uh, 10 out of 10. Love the pod and the hosts. I spend my days at the office listening to the show and I'm constantly laughing. You guys nail the recap every week. Love you. And that comes from Farmer's Daughter 86. And we love you. We love you. I don't... Oh, quick update. So we had a discussion in our Facebook group about me leaving the Facebook group. And so the consensus was that everyone's comfortable there. So we are, it's going to stay there. Um, so if you're not on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, follow on Instagram. We like love you and we, we will talk to you in any way, shape or form you want to talk to us. Um, it's just the Facebook group is really easy because like everyone, most, a lot of people has, a, they have a Facebook group. You get notifications on it. It's just. It's, it's probably simpler for the time being. And then if we want to reevaluate down the line. We can, but it seems and, the general consensus is everybody's happy there. So okay, so sorry for sorry. <laughs> Just if it bad, was like yeah. a kerfuffle or sent you yeah, into a, I, I'm sorry. I we love you all. It's, I promise. Yeah, no big deal. All right, so let's get into RuPaul's Drag Race season ten, episode nine, Breast World. So it's after the Vixen's elimination, and the Vixen left a confusing message that no one could read. Um, Do you know what it says? I think I figured out what it says. It says trumps or triumphs. So evil triumphs when good queens do nothing. Which is, I mean, that's what. But there should be an H in triumphs. Right. 
So it was spelled evil wrong. Evil trumps when good do queens. I mean, that could still be like this. I don't. I don't. I don't know. I'm not just... quite sure how shady to take this. <laughs> I yeah. I or think, what? I think there but... was an attempt at shade that didn't quite. I don't know. Uh. So, uh, Eureka acknowledges. Uh, the vixen is talented and that she'll turn the world, which I appreciated coming from her. That's correct. I feel like you're have you we'll discuss this later, but you have yeah, a complex we'll get into it. Uh, relationship with Eureka now. And Asia, this is like something I really loved. Asia feels galvanized after her lip sync because it's like, this is what I do. I needed that energy boost. I needed to remember like what it is to be a like what it is to be a drag queen in a club. I feel like she's like, this is that's what I do all the time. That's where I make my money. It felt good to like finally get to show the judges what I do. Exactly. Yeah. Which is a, a great way to rebound from a lip sync. Yeah. And then uh, everyone congratulates Cameron on her win. And we start this weird discussion for the whole episode about how, um, I don't know, I feel like people are policing how she should react just yep. like they did with the Vixen. Stop it. Yeah. Congratulations. Yeah! Very well deserved. It feels weird even saying that I won. I'm quiet because I'm just mind blown. So I'm not unhappy. I'm very happy. I'm just like still processing I remember that. you said that like if you were going to win a challenge you wanted it to be the share challenge I didn't want anyone to know that I wanted to win this challenge oh sorry no 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 I mean like oh, okay. now it's what? fine <laughs> but why didn't you want anybody to know I feel like I am a pretty good share impersonator and I just wanted to concentrate on doing well and I didn't want there to be any expectations of me I've always been one to let my actions speak louder than my words and now that I won something, maybe it puts me on the map as a threat to the other girls because I don't think they've seen me as a threat. Okay, so y'all like because we come from both Tiffany and I really like Cameron. I I, I feel like I'm trying not I'm trying to be open minded and like see all sides of this, but then I'm also having issues doing that because I really appreciate what Cameron does. It was smart for her not to tell anyone that she's a good share impersonator. I think so, too. You hold that close to yourself? It's not something people can be like, have expectations. It's right. Because Eureka makes this point later. Like, she feels like the competition is a little bit different for her because the judges do have expectations of her. So, like, clearly expectations are important and could skew judgment one way or the other. It could change dynamics in the workroom. Yeah. So it makes sense not to maybe disclose that information. I fully understand what she's talking about. Me too. I Yeah. But I, I think that what she said is right. But I, I feel like we're just so far into the show right now. And they're so far into the show themselves that like they are getting like because they're spending all this time together all day, every day, and then being like isolated at night. They're creating issues that probably wouldn't be real issues with each other in like the real world. True. Be- because... If you're like, if you're seeing Aquaria for like a few hours a day as opposed to 16 hours a day, you're not going to be so bothered by her attitude because you're not dealing with it all the time. Because she's also not really being abrasive. No, she's just. And Cameron's not either. No, I I think they're just annoyed because, um, Cameron's unlike I think any character we've had on this show before because. She does. She's. I think she just behaves like a normal person. <laughs> like I don't know so how else to describe thing. it. I'm uh, cultivating a theory let's a little go. bit, and we'll get into it a little bit more in Untucked okay. as well because she like mentions other things. Yes. in her ability to like process emotion. I think that she is a very kind person, mm-hmm. but she's a very closed person. So emotions of any kind, she works really hard to regulate. And then that comes off as, like, kind of aloof 
or maybe like distant at times because she's like clearly going through it later mm-hmm. and pulls back. Yeah. She like leaves. Right. And even in the conversation she has with Eureka without getting into what they talk about specifically, she's like poking Cameron to continue to talk. Yeah. And I wasn't sure if that was like solely a production choice or if Cameron needs a little prodding. You know what I mean? Yeah. She just really might have up a little bit of a a wall most of the time. And that right. comes and that could come into play in a lot of different contexts. Yeah. Because I feel like if you're someone like Cameron, you're not like a producer is going to try to get you to say something. You're like, I'm not. No. <laughs> like, I feel like that's just probably how her, her producer probably hates working with her. And like, <laughs> that was the other the other thing that we know about her. Is she said like she wasn't going to participate in that. Yeah. That's, so, and that could go along with this. Is that She is and, a very straightforward person, but she keeps how she feels to herself. Yeah. So, and there's nothing wrong with that per se. Right. It's just different. As long as it's not damaging your interpersonal relationships, it's fine. So speaking of interpersonal relationships, they start discussing that Aquaria was in the bottom three and Aquaria <laughs> does not think that she was in the bottom three. She just thinks that it was just like random association, like, I don't know, just like random choosing. Yeah. And I don't think that she's being malicious or has bad intentions here. I literally think she couldn't see. And I don't know that Aquaria, like... She couldn't see, so she couldn't hear. She, like... And there's there's so much talking that, like, happens before and after. She probably only picked up on one or two things and was just, like, waiting to be told to go sit down. Because maybe yeah. she didn't really think she was in danger yeah. enough based off of what else was said about everybody else. I, you know what I mean? And, like, maybe that is a little cocky, but I think it's more, like... Her being uh, in her own head, like, off and away from everyone else. She's, like, not following the plot. To be quite honest. Do it. This is the kind of attitude you need to win. If you don't think you can win, you're not going to win. for being unsports. She's like, I'm sorry if any of this comes off unsportsmanlike. Because I don't think she's purposefully being some type of way. Based on how this season has progressed thus far, as far as editing goes, I feel like we're not seeing the whole story on quite a few storylines. Like, it's like things get popping. First of all, you have longer to tell a story. And I feel like you're not utilizing your time very wisely. Because if we, as the audience, are supposed to feel this way about Aquaria that the other queens are, you have to show us what Aquaria is doing. And that if this is all Aquaria is doing, then I don't see an argument no. against her at this point. So I'm very confused. Because I felt, because we felt the same way, like things have happened with Eureka since Elsewhere, Snatch Game. Yeah. Right. So it's just like, what are we not seeing? Be, uh, Is so- there a lot of context outside of this? I think there's more indication that Eureka is a little bit more problematic on set than there is Aquaria. Yeah. Because I feel like everybody has had nothing but positive things to say about her. Mm-hmm. So there's no like indication that there continued to be an issue or I maybe it just- was... Like a pressure cooker situation yeah. response. I think Aquarius is just strange. And I think I just think that's it. And, and like, I don't mean that in a bad way, but she's just... She, she's a little quirky. She, yeah, People, like, didn't know how to interact with Jinx either. Yes. Yeah, you know what I mean? It's just, like, another realm of being a little bit of an oddball. And I think Aquaria has become much better at this since the show has been recorded. I think so, too. Because I re- distinctly remember when we did the Meet the Queens... And I watched the Meet the Queens that was recorded when the show was recording. And then I watched, like, 
uh, Sasha Velour do their interview, I liked her so much more when she talked to Sasha Velour than in her Meet the Queens. And I just thought, oh, you just were young. And so I think that just might be what it comes down to. She's young. She's excelling. All these queens are a lot older than her, probably have been doing it a lot longer than her. Mm-hmm. And they're just feeling threatened by her. That's just And like- that's what I was going to say, too. Like, the difference, if you're going to compare strictly personality-wise Jinx in Aquarius, because obviously they're funny in very different ways. Yeah. But you can classify them as oddballs personality-wise. Not talking about drags, really. Right. Just this portion of things. Mm-hmm. Aqua- like, Aquarius personality coupled with her ability is what makes her more threatening. Whereas people just like disregarded Jinx and like didn't give her any respect. Mm-hmm. And I think that people are still like not fully giving Aquaria props. So mm-hmm. like there's that similarity there, but people are more outwardly coming for Aquaria a little bit. Whereas in season five, like Roxy made it a point to pick on. Just, just Jinx because she was personally feeling attacked because she wasn't doing as well. So, like, it wasn't even about that because Jinx wasn't on anybody's radar. I feel like Roxy would feel you know the same I mean? way about the guy who took my photo with Ben Villacom. Attacked. Personally attacked. Uh, so then it's a new day in the workroom. And they talk about how empty the room feels now that they're down to six queens. And Wild. There's, there's room for Aquarius ego, finally. And Aquaria takes that, like, someone says that about her, and she just takes a joke. She's like, I still have two or three more that you guys haven't met yet. Right. She's not shaking at all. No. Um, Then they talk about the WB frog. Which is fucking hilarious. And then they're like, Aquaria lived in a world where she only knows the CW, and that's kind of terrifying to me. It is. It's really (laughs) weird to think about stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. So then Stephen Colbert does the She Already Done Had Herses. I lived for this i love him okay i have a thought about this okay i just me. it just seemed like why and, and i think he's truly just a fan of the show and, from what and, i understand and that's fine be a guest judge well either I, way he could have done that but yeah. instead he did this because it was probably more convenient. well it just feels like when lisa key lisa kidro lisa kudro came in and was like oh, hi, right. bye that's yeah. how it's felt to me i liked it because he's funny and he was like trying to to like talk the talk if mm-hmm. you will and i just thought it was cute uh so then rue invites in 20 pit crew members rue looks fancy as shit he does she knows he was like i'm about to turn y'all out here i am in my hat and my fucking <laughs> fancy flower this paisley he's a pimp he's yes a paisley pimp. <laughs> i am here <laughs> to make it clear so hands down, it, bottoms up, bitch. Included in the twenty pit crew members is Lath Ashley, who uh, a couple fairy berries educated oh us God. on. He's a transgender model, and he was on the pit crew. And so Etienne, Etienne, and Kevin both posted in the Facebook group about um, Lath, and he was number seven in the lineup. If you want to learn that, my God. So wasn't there another mini challenge just like this? Hmm. It was like a monster with a number that they pulled out of their pants. Okay. Um, and why I know that, that's sad. <laughs> just like pulled out. I mean, I knew that there was a similar mini challenge. Yeah. But. So my, I think Asia's up first and she has Bryce turn around and pull down his pants. And Asia is just so distracted <laughs> that he does not move on to like saying another person's name. Uh, it was just so funny to me that, that like, oh, but let's talk about this underwear for a second. It 
did not do favors no, for many of their bots. It was a little weird. So uh fairyberry kevin had tweeted at us there was three different types of finishes to the underwear a classic finish so everyone who had a normal butt had classic finish a jock strap finish which made it look like you were wearing a jock strap under the underwear which i could okay. see in a couple people's i was like what's weird that they decided to wear a jock strap under it but that's just the underwear and then there are padded underwear too so i think the people who had weird looking asses had the special ones Jewish, but <laughs> yeah i don't whatever. know that was so weird um, I have this in my notes. We don't. We can talk about it or not because we got discussed via text message between us. Do we want to discuss the objectifying of the pit crew, or do we want to just move? We along? can touch on it. Okay, real quick. so just share the, with them how this came about in our convert, like in our text. So Josh and I were watching this episode, and like it just came up as a topic of discussion whether this is objectifying or not, and Josh made it pretty clear that on any level anything like this or similar to it is objectification and he's not okay with it whether it be males whether it be females and i was like okay that's fair yeah my take personally is like i'm not going to take your power away if you're a consenting adult and you choose to participate in something like this because who knows what your motivations are for doing it and also you're consenting so it's like maybe you're feeling very empowered or like you like being looked at as a sexual right. object. Maybe that does something for you. I'm not going to take that away from you if that's like how you feel about it. Another thing about this is like Bryce, who's been on multiple seasons, is a straight man who's on the pit crew. And I feel like if he felt some kind of way about how he was being treated, then he would not be doing it's this It's obviously anymore. not disrespectful. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, because they know what it's going to entail And there are pit crew friend. members who have since like not been on it who want to still be on the pit crew. <laughs> like, it's just... Right. It's like, it so I just don't... I don't know. I can understand where he's coming from. I love that he is um, very that. Yeah. You know what I mean? But I also think that, like, the pit crew is for fun. And I don't (laughs) – it adds to things rather than, like, distracts us from things. This is – it's – if drag race – if we're – every week we're entering a bubble that is drag race. You know what I mean? And I also think what's happening is – Rue, the whole idea of this is we are playing on the objectification of women and turning the tables. Mm-hmm. Because if we think of like a show like Deal or No Deal, a bunch of girls with big pressed up boobies mm-hmm. standing next to a so- suitcase. Suitcases and opening them. They're not even holding the suitcase. The suitcase I is know. on a platform next to them. And then like, so I think he's just like, hey, if we're going to do it that, we're going to do it this way too. But to be fair, when was the last time there was a show for women where men were objectified? Or just, like, shown as sexual objects. But that's... But what I mean is just, like, there there was never... Was, like, deal or no deal. It was never, like, men. Sure, like, if men. I... If and that was, like, my point. Because yeah. I made a joke about it. And Josh was just like, well, I mean... And then I... And I get it. Like, I understood what he was saying. But I also got kind of irritated. Because I was like, I just want to watch the episode. Well, I mean, uh, if you were taking... Because yeah, I, I like, it. suspend disbelief a little bit, too. Yeah. Like, I don't really get into, like analyzing things until I'm second watching because I don't want to miss anything the first time through. I feel as long as no, if, if there were complaints about being the pit crew from anyone, then I might feel some kind of way about it. But I think up until this point, it has, we've got out scot-free. It seems like it. Anyway, I don't, there's really not much to discuss about this mini challenge. It is what it is. It happened. She won. And so she 
gets to pick the roles for this breast world skit thing that we're doing. Um, Aquaria doesn't really, everyone gets to pick what they want, essentially. That's a really, that's That's basically what it comes down to. to. And Eureka is shocked that she's letting people choose their own parts, which was stupid to me because it's like, you guys are coming at her about being unsportsmanlike, and and then she does the sportsmanlike thing, and you're like, oh my God, why is she doing that? Like, she moved her makeup station closer to be with everyone. Clearly, she wants to be, like, enmeshed in the group. She wants to be a part of it. Mm -hmm. So why wouldn't she just let people pick their parts? Crank reveals around this point in the episode that she's feeling the pressure, and she really wants to win a challenge. Um, And she ends up getting the most lengthy, wordy part of the thing, which could be a blessing or a curse, depending on who you are. It really goes either way. And Asia's part isn't very big. We've... It's so funny listening to them talk about it after you've seen the episode. You're mm-hmm. like, oh, now I understand what you mean. But until you... <laughs> but I still think that Asia's part is kind of meatier than... There are positives okay. to every part. Yeah. I think. I think Because everybody so has a moment to shine. I know a lot of people have complained about how this challenge is written, but I actually thought it was kind of brilliant. Like, it's uh, an awkward premise because I've never seen Westworld. So, like, I don't know how that fits into the lore. But, like, as far as the jokes being written in, like, that part of it and how self-referential it is, it's really funny. And, like, everybody has a moment Mm -hmm. to, like, pull a shtick or land, like, a big joke. So, really, everyone had an opportunity to DTDT. Yeah. Without a doubt. It's just, like, whether you made the most of that opportunity or not. I agree. I – well, I mean, we'll talk about that later. I just – We get there. Yeah. So Aquaria think that she like thinks that she got the worst part, uh, but now having seen the episode, if anyone's Clearly robotic, well, if anyone's robot, <laughs> it's Aquaria, right? She's hard to read. Yeah, it's 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 actually she's quite she's funny a that she ended quirky, up with the perfect yeah. role. I thought um, she did awesome. And then also. Asia, Asia talks about how uh, she's feeling the pressure to win since she survived the lip sync last week. She says that there's weird, like there's a hierarchy that you come into the new week with every week. It's like there's a person who's on top who won the challenge and there's a person who's on the bottom and the person who like lip synced and stayed. And then Rue enters and starts her walk around. So she starts with Aquaria. And she goes in. Rue is miffed that Aquaria did not pick her role strategically. Well, she just like kind of comes for her yeah. about it. Like, well, why wouldn't you do that? How are you going to stand out? Um, well, if I, um, I'm definitely going to make each line count because there's not too many. So I'm going to try to be memorable in them. So that's the thing is that you've got to be able to stand out. So this robotic role, mm. make it an Aquaria role. That flair of what Aquaria is, bring that to everything you do. I'm going to try my best. All right, because you're funny. Absolutely. Just be funny. Thank you. All right. So I feel like I'm going to say this. I mean, we've had Rue walk-arounds before. I feel like in this season specifically, Rue has been mostly productive during these walk-arounds and not shading people. Right. And I don't know that she's necessarily being shady right now either. No, no. I I reference it as such, like her reading them. But like it is kind of just reading because she's being honest and like constructive as shit with them. She's, she's, yeah, she's constructive. Like that is the best, like... 
I can just It's think, not just like filler garbage. No, She's like, it's not truly like whenever like, what are you gonna do? It's like not when Rue talked to Gia Gunn and it was always just circus music playing. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Just like Rue hated talking to her. He was like, I need to get you off of this show somehow. That's just how I felt. So I don't feel like that we have that in this season at all. So then um Rue moves moves on to Monet. And Monet is wearing a, a, a wig whenever Rue comes over, and Rue loves this wig and wants her to wear bigger hair. Lives for it. And says, it's a mistake that you haven't been wearing, like, big hair on the runway. And says, to compliment your ass, you need to wear big hair. Big hair, big ass. Proportions. Proportionizing. And, like, I get it, but also, like, it doesn't detract from her big ass having short hair. I'm sorry. Amber Rose fucking shaved all of her hair off. Okay, so I just, I think what Rue wants really is for her to diversify her looks on the runway. Okay. So if we talk about, like, she has worn big hair. But she has worn big hair, like, at least two episodes. So the denim? The denim and diamonds. What's the other big hair? (sighs) She called it out on Twitter, too. Because she said I she fucking forget. She said she wore big hair on episode one. She did on the entrance, but that was not the runway. On the runway, she wore like the dust ball on her head for the sponge dress, and then she wore the kitten wig for the like the red jumpsuit that she wore. Mm-hmm. She must have worn a big wig somewhere in the thirty-three looks. In the three looks, I would imagine she had. Like I can't think of her looks off the top of my head. Oh, she did. She wore hair when she lip synced for her life. Right. Okay. Yeah. So, right. I knew I wasn't being crazy. But that's two times out of nine. I know. But she, like, she called it out. And I was like, yeah, I mean, I guess that is But she's worn bigger wigs in the challenges. But it's also, like, I think they want to see it on the runway and not just in the challenges. Anyway, uh, Rue points out that Monet hasn't won any challenges yet again. I feel like they have this discussion every week, Rue and Monet. It's like, you haven't won. You gotta win. Uh, But Monet is at least self-aware enough to know that her runways are not strong enough and she knows that's what's uh, like inevitably killing her win her chances at winning a challenge and like i just i love a good self-aware queen it makes me happy me too and then rue moves on to cameron and rue reminds cameron as if she's forgotten that she's not that loud or outgoing gregarious gregarious cameron says that she's like she's gregarious and she comes alive when she's on stage performing and uh, Rue tells Cameron to be outgoing for the rest of this challenge. That's just really how she's going to succeed. And that's just the tea. I mean, I if it's an acting challenge to stand out, you have to. So right after Cameron's done talking, Asia chimes in with her two cents about Cameron. I don't know how long the judges are going to feel inspired by Cameron being so quiet. She's such a fierce queen, aesthetically, but there's just not a lot of energy pouring out of her. All right, kiddo. So I feel like this is the same discussion we've been having about Cameron since, like, the get-go. It's like, oh, Cameron's attractive, and that's why everyone likes her. Right. Stop relying on that body or whatever. And I'm just, I'm tired of, I'm tired of Yeah, let's move on. Yeah. It doesn't matter. It's just. I mean, it matters if she doesn't perform the challenge well, yeah, but it doesn't right. necessarily correlate that she's quiet. You know what I mean? Like, I think that some people forget that, like, there are quiet people in this world and, like, having the representation of a quiet person on television is, is nice awesome. for them. Yeah. Representation of, of all kinds is good. So I just think that's important to keep in mind. Yes. But moving on. Uh, 
Ruo's over to Asia. This was my favorite portion of this segment. Go for it. So, I love watching Ru and Asia interact all the time because there's like this peer weird, to peer. Yes, camaraderie, like peer to peer moment. So, Ru says, make it work for your wheelhouse. But then she says, you're a champion. Remember who you are. And Asia is clearly emotional from the jump. Yeah. Because could you imagine sweating it out for however many weeks at this point, lip syncing for your life last week, you're trying to pull it together for this challenge, she's standing there asking what your plan is, right? And then she tells you, looks you in the eye and says, you're a champion. Mm-hmm. Girl. I was like, oh my God, RuPaul. <laughs> like, I got emotional. No, it was a great, it was it a was great segment. Incredible. I, uh, based on how we're talking about Asia in the show, and I think Asia has taken the place of Monique as far as like the talking heads, I think we have an Asia in the tops. Like, she'll make it to the finale episode. She fucking better. Like, I will be pissed if she doesn't make it to the top. Yeah, me too, because I, I think she's one of my favorites. Um, Anything else on Asia before we move on to Cracker? No, I w- that was literally like the crowning moment. I have Cracker's Ugh. whole segment because I just gotta go. It in. was just a lot. It's yeah. fine. Well, hello, Ms. Cracker. Hello, Ruth. What character are you playing? Today, I'm Julie, and I'm the hostess that sort of runs this whole operation. Okay. Why do you think you haven't won any main challenges? I think when I'm on the stage talking to the judges, I have the jokes and the blah, 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 and it's all great. But during the challenges, I'm either blocking or, you know, not allowing that cracker trademark greatness to come through. Yeah, because what I've noticed is that it feels like you've prepared in your head, but it's not in sync with what's actually happening in the room at the time. You have a sort of kind of a canned comeback. It feels like you're having a conversation in your own head. Yeah. And you use your cleverness as a way to keep people from coming any closer. In the past, I would have been like, oh my god, that's the biggest compliment. So learning to reverse that kind of thinking, that is going to be a huge challenge. That's the challenge. Yeah. Sometimes it's the most clever thing to do is to just be human. Vulnerability is power. All right, I'll see you out there. <laughs> So it's really funny because I was talking to Fairy Berry Jordan, Jordan Reese, and she's in this she's in the group with us. And I love Jordan. Yeah, she's amazing. We were talking we were actually talking about Aja's two singles. So finish her and then however you say you're not gonna even try to help me. It's fine. And I she asked me what I thought of the B song and <laughs> I just like just can't pronounce it, guys. I just am not. I'd rather not get it wrong. Right now. Anyway, we were talking about them, and I was like, "She needs to show some vulnerable, vulnerable." Oh my god, vulnerability! I got that one. Thank you. Or it's just gonna all fall flat. You can't just be like the like angry on all your songs because mm-hmm. and. I, I like both of the songs and I like the rest of that because she does end up showing vulnerability. It's called in, in My Feelings, the whole EP. So, but it's just funny that they like discussed this on the show literally like a week after Jordan and I had a conversation about how important mm. it is for people to be vulnerable. So I'm going to, I you guys know that I, I have a very unpopular opinions on Cracker. I am now to the point where I just don't know how she's still here. She was, okay, she was... 
Let's talk about this. I thought this was her week to lip sync. Well, we talk about, we can talk about yeah, that Yeah, but I, I mean, I agree with you up to a point. You know what I mean? So the thing is, she was very strong at the beginning of the show, right? She was in the top, like almost the first three or four weeks. She mm-hmm. was not winner. A step but, below the top. But top. Yeah, she was very close to winning the first couple challenges. And the two, like the challenges that she was succeeding in, less Dr. Dill the Pickle, were design challenges. And to me... If you're going to tell me you're a comedy queen and then you're not going to deliver on your promise, that's, I'm done. Like, I'm checked out. If you're going to be an aesthetics queen and that's what you're selling me, then I'm here for it. And then if you can surprise me by being funny, even better. But what about Monet? Monet? Because they're in the same, they're in the same boat, except Monet has lip synced for her life. And Cracker hasn't. Yeah. I will, but Monet delivered on this challenge. Right. But Cracker this didn't. is like the first time Cracker has fucked up, fucked up. Because she did fine in the share challenge. I disagree. But okay. But do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like Monet's track record is technically worse. Agreed. So if anybody should have gone home by now, you would have thought it would okay, be Okay, but who is more fun to watch in the workroom? I mean, I'm just saying, But I'm, I'm, like asking, I'm talking about the competition. Wait. Uh, do you know what I mean? Because Cracker brings something to be talked about as far as, like, the TV show goes, too. Yeah. She's, like, not entertaining per se. She's, like, bringing things for you to think about. You know what I mean? So, like, does that mean she's going to win? I don't know. I think she's condescending when she talks to people about how she feels about them, and I hate that. Anyway, but we'll get to that later. That's why I will have a whole discussion about it. But I just, I just kind of, like... Like what are what what, what are you doing suffering. here? I think she's suffering the Trixie Mattel. Yeah. Okay. Whatever. Complex. I didn't like Trixie Mattel the first half of All Stars three either, and I don't even right. remember how I feel about her in season seven. But the thing is, it's just like if you're not delivering, to be like what what what's the point? And okay, to be honest, <laughs> I said this in the like when we did the Meet the Queens, I was like, I don't think she's that funny. I didn't think she was that funny in the Meet the Queens. I'm sorry, guys. I don't think that Review with a Jew is even that funny. So I'm just trying to figure out what we're selling. I need to figure out what Cracker is. I, Cracker is selling something to me that I am not fully getting or understanding. Because I think she's a great queen. I do. I really do. But I don't know that our branding is right here. That's fair. I And I think if someone, if she told me what she was was different than a comedy queen, maybe I would be along for the ride but i also think that she doesn't know how to sell herself because la- what was it last week or two weeks ago she said she was really good at like quippy short one-liners and she's not she takes a year to tell she a joke a- i think she's figuring out what she's really like it, well, do you know it, what i mean yeah, like it's think- different when you have full control over the content you're putting out mm-hmm. or if you're in a show in a live setting yeah you know what I mean? And I've seen clips and of And you're her- kind of controlling the flow of the show yeah. a little bit. Because in that case, you're going in with, like, some preset and, like, mm-hmm. quipping off of people in the audience. Because I have seen her, like, clips of her hosting and things like that. And it is, it's much... Like, there's no that- way I'm I'm missing that show here. Because yeah. she's going to be fucking she entertaining be, yeah. shit. No, I agree. She's a great lip syncer, but, but she's think, I think funny. This but, is, like... this has challenged her in a way that she wasn't anticipating. Yeah. You know what I mean? So she went in a certain way thinking she was going to be able to do it as she does. But I think the same ha- was also true for Monique and Monet mm-hmm. too, but yeah. they're being challenged in a 
they have their own set of challenges. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's just like Monet coming in and not being able to just be Monet and like get by on that. For sure. She's having the opposite problem. All of the things that she thought she was going to bring in to be able to use as tools don't operate the way that the box described. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I'm interested to see what she does next, if anything. I don't know if she's top material. I think she could have a nice little moment next week to wrap up what she needs to work We've on. We've told a lot of Cracker's personal life, too. Do you know what I mean? So I she could like, just be yeah. coming to the end of her run at yeah. this point. And I... I and, like, that's fine. And I I hope... I think she's going to have a great career regardless. I would... But she I, might not be a drag race, like a, yeah. a drag race competitor. Yeah, but I hope this doesn't turn out to be, like, a Trixie situation where she comes and wins All-Stars just because. I mean... I, I mean, we can all argue against that's that. A, that is a loaded statement in and of itself, <laughs> so... But I hear what you're saying, and I know what you mean it as. Yeah, I just... But... I would love to see her on an All-Star season and smash it, but I just feel like... As, I don't know if she's if she has yeah, it in her. I just... The performance we've seen thus far has not been what I... Like, what I want in a winner. So I just... I, I don't know. So right. I can't see her being I tough. can always relate to somebody who, like rides the struggle bus with their neuroses though i am i am all for a queen struggling at the beginning and bouncing back and doing really well that is fine but i just feel like we started high and we went like that's how and that happens sometimes right like cameron was her stepping stone was a little bit higher yeah but she's been making like a gradual Incline, except for this yeah, week. Yeah, except for this week. And like like we said uh, many we- weeks ago, you are so much better off starting off middle of the pack. Yeah. Because if you're like on one end or the other, it's just like mm-hmm. all eyes are on you. Because yeah. if, don't forget, because Vixen won the first two challenges. She didn't win the first challenge. Yeah, she won. did. Oh, sorry. It's the second and third then. Because she won two. Did she win? She won I'm pretty the, sure. She won Farmerusical. Mm-hmm. I don't think she won another challenge. I'm she won sure a mini challenge right after it. And that's why they kept saying she had two wins. Okay. Yeah. Well, either way, you know what I mean? Like, wins she aren't necessary. I am so far gone at this point. Well, I who, know. Who's winning what I know. and what's going on? Well, there you go. Mayhem yeah. won the first fucking challenge. Oh, yeah, that's true. Oh, Mayhem. Poor Actually. Mayhem. Poor Mayhem. And I like her a lot. I like, do she's like her a, a lot. very likable, hardworking queen, yeah. regardless. But, like, Drag Race just happened to get the better of Literally, her. Literally, I still just want season 10 to happen again after this season. <laughs> just so many her. compelling, sweet, you know, just, amazing performers. Yeah. I hope they spread these queens around the All-Stars and we don't put, like, six Everybody, of them in uh, one. Everybody. Like, that we end just, up with a yeah. season five situation. Yeah. So... Then the girls, sorry, let's move along. I, just, I feel like this I was That right. was like productive okay. as fuck, though. Sorry. <laughs> like, this is kind of, that's a part of what we do also. Yeah. So the girls start, they go and start working with Michelle and Ross on Breast World. This is sponsored by Hamburger Berries and Objects Apparently. Furniture. <laughs> uh, so I don't know how I'm going to talk about this. I have like notes. I just wrote that like Cracker struggles finding the right tone with her character. I don't know about you, but I had issues whenever they were directing. They were looking in directions I didn't expect them to be looking, and I was very confused. So I think that the editing for this was very weird. Okay. Because I'm sure that the actual filming of the commercial took a while. Yeah. And they probably did it more than once. So they were trying to, like, give moments to each person to show how they were doing. Mm -hmm. But then it ended up really awkward, especially with um, Eureka's, like whole 
role Ro- is yeah. like super weird. Yeah, and I feel and like then we're her looking at different directions. Is like flying off. Halfway and you can and see it. You can see the. Oh, okay. So you remember how I said that sh- sh- that everyone doing share impressions was my nightmare? No, everyone doing Ivy Winters is my nightmare. Uh, yes. Attitude adjustment in process. Dialing down to Ivy Winters. Can we just cut here? Um. Huh? Okay. You know how to say Ivy Winters, don't you? Ivy Winters. Ivy Winters. Ivy Winters. Okay. Say it that way. A little more dramatic with that. Well, how it's supposed to be said. Dialing down to Ivy Winters. Okay, cut. Ivy Winters. Ivy Winters. Everybody. Ivy Ivy Winters, and you powered. You know what I mean. But I'm, I'm, I'm an actress, and I know how to do my do. But Eureka is not getting it together. Guys, why, why are you acting brand new? <laughs> like I don't understand. Oh my god. <laughs> Flashback to Vine slash All Stars. Fucking Christ. <laughs> A nightmare. I thought we were done with that forever. Forever. Mm-mm. When we cover season five, I'm going to be like crawling into a hole every time they say it. I cannot. So and much. like the reason, never mind. I can't even talk about Ivy Winters anymore. Let's move on. So we find that Aquarius is actually really good at taking direction. They make her try the occur with the. And she yeah. gives them what they're asking for right out the yes. gate. Woo out the bam. Yeah. And the crazy eye thing she did was just perfect touch. I really yep. enjoyed that. And so Cameron also struggles with her tone. It's just like, we know that's what it is. It's just we're having flashbacks to the the other challenge. Dating, dating app, app yeah. challenge. And then apparently Cracker yells at herself regularly from an, uh, an Aquaria talking head where she's like, and Cracker's yelling at herself and hopefully uh, we get this over with soon. Let's hear that clip. Cracker, you did it perfect once. You will do it that way again. I don't know how many times Miss Cracker is going to need to repeat these lines. I will sell this house today. And yell at herself about it. But let's hurry this up. I wanna go home. Well, you can't leave before the big show. This Lexa. Oh my. Something happened. What? What, what happened? I, my mistake. I apologize. I thought that I was starting too early. I'm a little worried for my girl. I don't want to see her lip sync for her life, ever. Cracker is going in on herself, and no one even gave her any, like, note. It's so hard to watch somebody be that fucking mean to themselves, low-key. Like, so fucking critical. Like, it's painful. I also wanted, I said this to Tom while the clip was playing, that, Cracker says, I'm going to sell this house today, which is from American Beauty. <laughs> and, and I then, literally said, please don't go. I'm not even going to get into it. But Annette Penning, like, is sitting in her car, like, giving herself positive reinforcement for her job because she literally sells houses. So she's literally in her car, like, driving somewhere. And she's like, I'm going to sell this house today. <laughs> Uh, so then Asia comes out and everyone's like, oh, Asia. She was stunning in that beehive. Okay. I was living for that. Apparently that beehive was very heavy, as she said. Apparently. Yeah. What was her name? 
Uh, parasailing. Parasailing. Yeah, like Sarah Palin. Okay, because I, I watched it a couple times. I'm like, I'm not Paris hailing. Yeah, parasailing. <laughs> so it's like a play on parasailing, but also yeah. more importantly, okay. Sarah Palin. Palin, yeah. whatever her name is. And then uh, Monet really starts to shine, and Cameron really just kind of loses it at the very tail yeah, end. She's, she's staying one note, and then yeah. at least it's not takes a dive. At least it's not milk one note. No, it's definitely not like unbearable to watch. It's just like not exciting. I have a clip for this, and I don't know what it sounds like. So let's just play let's it. just play it. Play the <laughs> tape. Oh Lord, she getting back up. Uh-uh. <laughs> Monet is adding great ad libs and interjections in there, so she is my biggest competition. I've never experienced a place where where people just, uh. embraces all kind of people. My whole life, I've my whole life, I've been wrong about gay people. What is it? I've been wrong about gay people and drag queens. My whole life, I've been wrong about gay people and drag queens. Cut, 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 cut. Muffy, this is a change of heart. This is where you're realizing, oh my goodness, you're just like me. And let us see you realize that. Because you've been at 100 the whole time. Unless the set falls over, this is our last take, so let's get it right. I don't want to do this anymore. My whole life, I've been wrong about gay people and drag queens. All right, cut, 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 cut. Just cut. This acting challenge was my chance at redemption since Catherine from Fibster f***ed it all up. And my performance was absolutely dreadful. I just really love a self-aware queen. I like that that ended and she was like, I'm fucked. <laughs> like, like, I know I yeah. didn't cut the mustard. It's not good. Um, so then we just kind of get right into the girls getting ready for the main stage. Do you have anything about recording the episode? The thing? Okay. Oh, I, was like, I don't understand what I wrote. So Eureka says she wants to move away from camp. And be a classy old lady. And she's also self-aware that she's in trouble. I think that's... That's a choice. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we'll get to it when we talk about the runway. Yeah. So, uh, and then they all start getting ready at the mirror. And Eureka starts acknowledging her mortality. Is anyone else terrified of getting old? Because I am. I'm not necessarily like afraid to be an older person. I just, I fear like my body slowly messing up. You know what I mean? Like I can tell such a difference just from like 18 to 27. Also drag just ages you faster than a normal person. We put our bodies through it. Well, maybe in a sense, but I feel like drag keeps a lot of people young. Like drag is one of the few jobs where there's always something new. There's always some new music to learn or a new fashion trend. Right. I love learning things from older queens because there really is so much to learn. I don't like really relate to people my age that much as much as I can hold a conversation with people that are much older than me. You work with Amanda Lavore and other like legends. Yeah, I mean, Amanda has so much energy and life in her. She goes to yoga every day. She is like one of the kindest people you will ever meet. Y'all can think I'm nice or mean or whatever, but 100% of like the way I try to treat people is inspired by how amazing she treats everyone. Being friends with people like Amanda Lepore has really helped shape who I am creatively and also just opened my mind to a whole nother part of the world that I was never even alive for. It's so important to respect our elders and to honor them because they are the people who paved the way for us to get to where we are today. Listen, I feel what 
they're talking about here on a very personal level. I'm not old by any means, but I do feel my body's limitations really coming into effect recently where it's just like, oh, I can't do that anymore. Well, it's just not the same either. It's like I can't, you know, go out and dance for a long time or like. Or stand. For, yeah, uh, just like You going, know what I mean? It's just like, oh my God, my legs hurt. <laughs> going to a general admissions concert is literally my nightmare now. Like, <laughs> just like, I have to stand for four hours? Please. Fuck. Yeah, it's not going to happen. <laughs> but I thought Asia's point that you're always learning something yeah. new is important. No, I just think it came, they came at it from all sides and really saw the mm. positives about it as, as well as like the cons to it. I mean, clearly this was like a producer being like, oh, well, clearly. Hey. Because then Aquaria yeah. was like, Yes, I have a lot to learn from other people, like Amanda Lepore. But, but also, like that's how Aquarius talks, too. so who knows? True. <laughs> and she made the valid point, too. Like, I'm learning from people that know a lot more than me, and that's really important. Yeah. So, so. then they start talking about Darcel. I don't know what this number is, but it's XV. Um Darcel gets mentioned as the oldest drag queen. Monet oh, and Cracker oh, start right. talking about her. So I did a little deep dive on Darcel like, to learn a fuck? little bit more. So this is just a little brief history lesson. This all came from Wikipedia, so maybe some of it's not true. But you know what? I'm not in college anymore, and I don't have to turn this into anybody. So this is just what I know. Take it. So Darcel was born in 1930, and real name is Walter Cole. And he considers Darcel his alter ego. So the first time he ever wore a woman's dress was at age 37 in 1967. And uh, Starcell is described as having sequins on the eyelids, lots of feathers, big hair, big jewels, and lots of wisecracks, which is like what Cracker said about the jokes that she was making. So in 1969, um, he left his wife of 18 years but remained married but there was still a relationship between them. I imagine they stayed married for like reasons just to make their lives easier. Sure. And they had two children. And Darcel has a memoir called Just Call Me Darcel, and that was released in 2011. And unfortunately, but uh, so he had a partner after he left his wife. Uh, the partner's name was Roxy Newhart, and um, he helped Darcel with like the business and like creating the shows and like the legend essentially oh, that awesome. is Darcel. Uh, unfortunately, he passed away last year, which made me really sad when I was reading it. And I was like nervous that I was going to check Darcel's page and like Darcel was going to be oh no longer God. with us. And I was just like, that's just too much. But it was just a brief lesson. Very super important in the gay scene over in Portland. So I just thought that was really cool. Like, that's a long time ago. Like, I mean, it is and it isn't so long ago, but in 1969, like he's doing all it of this. That's crazy. light years away. That's yeah. pretty, uh, pretty daring for the time. So after they discuss uh, Darcel, Monet says she'll be doing drag forever, <laughs> which I <laughs> love. It's cute. And then Asia gets starts talking about the difficulties of dating in drag, which I think is. Very interesting. Cracker, you have a guy, don't you? I have a beautiful man. Aquarius not. No, I don't. Cameron? Nope. You ask me. Monet, sometimes it's easier just to not. (laughs) But dating with drag, as you all know, is extremely hard. I normally am very anti-meeting boys around drag because they're falling in love with a character that you're playing and not the real you. I think Aquaria is more real than Giovanni oh, is, so you feel more present and comfortable in, as, as Aquaria. Yeah. Like I would say the same thing, too. I will say, like, having guy troubles was a defining moment for me in drag, because that's one of the first times I really understood sisterhood, because, girl, when I very first became a full-time cast member where I worked, I was dating this 
um, boy, I won't even call him a guy, this boy. Child, yeah. Worked. Yes, and he broke up with me, like, via text message, and I'm gonna add another layer to it, and he was also a drag queen. And he came to the club that night, and I'm telling you, the girls in the show, and I'm not exaggerating, oh, yeah. chased him out of the club with a baseball bat. Yes, ma'am. They was like, no, you're not gonna just come up in here and sit on the front row with this bitch job after, no, get up, up out of here. Everything happens for a reason, but at that point, I was like, bitch, these mother men in wigs in here really do care about me. Girl, they do. Right. A lot of people come thinking this is not RuPaul's best friends race. And after doing this for so long, you can't avoid that. And that makes the reality that somebody is going home more and more difficult to handle right now. It'd be nice to find a husband finally. Looking, looking like this. <laughs> I'm single. I'm 31. <laughs> so I can't even... <laughs> I can't even begin to imagine. It's hard to gate, date gate as a day person, date as a gay person, let alone dating as a drag queen. Because then you have a public persona. Right. There's so many moving parts in that. That's yeah, a lot. It's just... Also, Clock Aquarius boy name is Giovanni. I know. I actually knew that already <laughs> because uh, when I was in Columbus, uh... <laughs> Kristen and I were looking up people's, like the drag queen's real names. And that was like the one we were like, Giovanni. That is a name. It is quite the name. Uh, okay, so should we move on to the runway? Yes. Run, run, runway. Okay, before we get into the queens, I loved Alana's makeup, and y'all can come for Me her. Me too. But that is actually, that, that look is coming back to the runways. Pat McGrath has done that in a couple runway shows oh, where really? it's blush all the way like, I up love into it. the hairline. She looked So glorious. y'all can come for her. Also, Abby, that's a very trendy look, too, the cut crease. It just didn't work on her eyes. And I, I don't think it was, like, a good cut crease. No, it wasn't a weird period. Bl- yeah, I don't because know. Because Michelle had a cut crease also, it but it looked fierce. Yeah. I, uh, But also, just, like, I'm not surprised to see these two just not even caring what they look like on RuPaul's Drag Race. They were living their fucking life, especially Alana, because she's so um, expressive. Yeah. You could see her during the lip sync fucking yeah. Bopping. You could tell they were actually talking a lot during panel, I think. Yeah. It was like, I was so glad they were there and I liked what they brought. I'm, oh, never mind. So, yeah, I just, I thought it was weird that people were like coming for them. I'm like, have you ever watched Broad City? Because this makes a lot of sense if you've seen, like, or if you know anything about Alana and Abby. Fall back. It's it's fine. It's, well, it's just like they're crazy. Of course they were going to be super stupid looking. (laughs) Like, it's just like their brand. So, and it would have been boring if they were like, just normal. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. So what did you think of Rue's look this week? Did you have any thoughts? No, it's boring. So I don't care. I liked how padded she was because I felt like she was a little extra thick. Mm-hmm. And um, the AS3 hair made a return, which is whatever. I thought her makeup looked really good. And I liked the fabric that her gown was made out of. I mean, we already know gold is flattering on Rue. Yeah. And it, like, wasn't exciting altogether. But the separate pieces, I was like, okay. We're, like, getting there. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, like, the hairline was better. So I was like, maybe we're figuring it out. You know what? We're not at stunning yet. And uh, whenever I see brown cow, I'll call it as it is. Fair enough. (laughs) Okay. Let's start with Miss Cracker. So... I mean, have you seen Devil Wears Prada? I know I've probably asked you, yeah, but I, I feel like I need Wars. to double check with you. I almost was offended, but then I realized I am who I am. I like, have to <laughs> double check with you. Um, 
I don't know why I was like, of course TBH. I've seen that movie. Um, <laughs> I love Devil Wears Prada. Me too. So I loved this look. I mean, I thought she looked great. I thought the lips could have probably have been bigger. Maybe to be like even more extra about it. I didn't. Do you know I, what I mean? Yeah, I didn't care for this. Here's why I didn't care for this. Oh, I know, no, why? So I know what we were going for here, and everyone called it out, and everyone else liked it. But to me, she was not pulled enough to look like an old person who's had too much plastic surgery. Now, I saw it in the lips, but I did not see it so, elsewhere. Like, I was going to say that, She was Miss Cracker too. in the outfit, in the hair, in the everything but the lips. It was mm. just Miss Cracker. And I was like, you know what? If you were going to do it, I wanted to see some Miss Fame tape pulling like you just to look so stupid or paint to make it look stretched out. I don't know. I wasn't buying that this was old at all. I don't care how much money you have. People know when you have plastic surgery, even if it's good plastic surgery, you know, it just looked like Cracker with big lips. And I just, I don't, I, I, I don't know. I'm I just not look, mad at you. Yeah, I just don't. I was whatever. I don't think this is a winning look, especially for what we're doing. It's interesting that this was enough to save her, but it Cameron's runway wasn't enough to save Cameron her. honestly did worse in the challenge, though. Do you think? I believe so. And I'm like, I say that as like, her, she's my favorite. So. I only, I probably put them pretty neck to neck. Yeah. But I watched the challenge like a couple days ago at okay. this point. Yes, so that same. could be part of yeah. it, too. All right, so how did you feel about Asia's look? I liked it, and I liked it immediately. I got the fucking story she was telling. Yeah, I got it too. I was very confused. I was like, "Why is everyone? I don't what know. What is everyone so I, upset about? Like, like sh- I fucking get it. What is the problem? So, yeah, like I, I just wrote fuck Michelle. That's literally my one note for this look. Did you clock that in the toot and boot photos? She had like tuffets of like. Someone pointed it out. One of the fairy berries. <laughs> was was it Dino I don't know, was, I don't know who I was. was doing a really good job um, at keeping up with everything this week and then I sort of fell off at the end of the week so my bad uh I really liked I just I liked it and I got it I it like was the, funny and charming I like that she came out in slides like bring it on I liked it I mean I why wouldn't you I would not wear heels yeah I realistically if I'm that old doing drag I wouldn't be wearing heels what, I'm sorry so what really pissed me off about Michelle's response to this was that she was so narrow minded about how she wanted to view how Asia would age and not like let Asia tell her own story and this is legitimately so subjective yeah because I mean, it's so broad right because you loved crackers and I hated crackers but I loved Asia's and everything that's they what I like, mean it's, it's like what is your interpretation strange. and then it's like it was. It almost felt like they were coming for people for being too original, yeah. in a way. And it's just like, what the fuck do you want? It's almost if it was too on the nose or boring. Then you would have called it boring, right? Because it would have been like, oh, you didn't go for the gag. And it's there's like, only one person that they like liked on all accounts, and we'll get to her. We'll get there. Yeah. So let's move on to Monet because I thought this was hysterical, and I, I was in a hissy fit. I'm like, I was, I was enjoying. it I a got lot. it. I liked it. I the. The fact that the titties came out from under a shirt, like, like she fully had a top on, but the boobs were so saggy that they sagged underneath the shirt. That's so funny. I, like, and Monet was telling a story that she's been building on. She says she doesn't take care of herself. She said that she doesn't have health care, like, in episode three or something right. like that. So, yeah, I just, why can't this be her prediction for her future? I do think it was maybe a little too ballsy to not come out with a big wig after <laughs> RuPaul tells you like a little you, bit it was like, a choice yeah and it could have made made or break her winning yeah just because she was uh, given a direct note and I guess that I was like shocked she didn't win this and I was kind of mad about yeah, it well, but yeah. now that we've like touched on this again and you you said that like 
Well. Yeah. You did it for the challenge, but then you don't do it for the runway, even though runway has been your sticking point this whole time. Yeah. Uh, So anyway, what did you think of Aquaria's look? Oh, I hated this. I, first of all, I didn't, it looked. It looked like she was the chainsaw massacre guy. Okay. I don't, and it looked because she was had tattoos, and uh, I wasn't mm-hmm. getting this. I wasn't. It wasn't reading old to me. It was reading like you murdered someone and they're wearing their skin. I did not like it <laughs> at all. Okay. I, I know this is a polarizing look. I know some people. I don't even like this as like a regular look. If it wasn't an old runway, I just didn't like this at all. I liked it. And I hated conceptually. The shoes I like- were shit, and I know that she probably would wear different shoes. Considering it was a different challenge, but they did not go. I was just like, what so, are we doing here? Aquaria talked about in retrospect that a lot of the details, especially like in her face, like a lot of it didn't make sense under the lights. Mm-hmm. I think there was like too much minute detail. Okay. I don't know if that would have made a difference to you. I know some mm-hmm. people were complaining about her face and how it wasn't aged enough. And there's, like, a really stunning photo she took for Instagram of, like, chest up, mm-hmm. where the face is a little bit more, you can, like, see it better. Um, but also... I liked it just because it was insane. Like, that's... it's just so bizarre. But, like, who knows in the future if that's... No, I, I'm not saying that that's... It's fully possible. And I liked the funny stretched earlobes. Like, that was a gag that they did on Broad City. Like, when Abby's calling everywhere looking for weed. And she calls, like, her own... Her old college friend who has, like, three kids and is miserable and is popping pills. But she has, like, the big swingy lobes. <laughs> like, it was just funny to me. And it felt, like, cutting edge a little bit. She, like, went out of the box, and I appreciate that. No, I don't have an issue. I just, I, I don't think beyond it not looking old to me, I just didn't like it. <laughs> and that's totally I think fair. that's just what it was. Sometimes it happens, Tom. Yeah. Sometimes you just like things, and sometimes you just don't. I just don't. And you don't even but have to have a reason. We don't. That. Okay, so let's go back to talk about this Instagram post. We can't make the argument that that's the same makeup she had on. Like, the way she did it in that picture is Yeah, not... that's true, because they do... Yeah, they changed it a little bit. Right, like they make it but better. But maybe that was her concept because I I have the reference photo saved if yeah. we want to post it again. Like she, I know called who, out. I know, I know who she's referencing. Yeah, like um, I can't remember. I always say the name wrong. But she still looked but, like a child compared to that woman. I don't think she aged herself enough. I mean, it is I, what it is. Speaking I, of not aging, at least she. Yeah, I was gonna say comparatively because yeah. Eureka did not. You literally couldn't see anything, like any type of aging on her face. No. She relied on the wig and the glasses, I guess. I'm not sure. I don't I don't know. It was bad. And you know it was bad when they were like, why are you wearing this? And she was like, <laughs> well, I really like this coat. And I wasn't sure when I was going to be able to wear it. So I wore it now. Yeah. And, like, and it's like, girl. <laughs> it would have been one thing if she wore like something that looked older on the clothes underneath. You know, Maybe, but, was, I don't but know. like was there like, was right. nothing, nothing about it was like, oh, I'm old. Uh, should we just get on to the star of this part of the? Yes. The, yeah. Okay. So we missed Cameron. Hands down. This was like, you've seen that old woman in her little sequin blazer. And like, and she sold camp. I think she was like really trying to sell a character because she's like, well, I fucked up, but I want you to know that like I can she's do She's from yeah. the nanny. I'm, the grandma. I'll show you the show you. The I photo. Only know she literally name. looks identical. I to saw Yetta. the photo. She posted it, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's so good. Uh yeah, just and I like how she told the story with the pills and like after she took the pills, she started moving better. Like it's just funny. I think I think hers was the most successful because her whole story could be read on stage without her saying it to you. Oh, for sure. Which is the point. 
Because Monet's, we know her story, but it's not a story you can tell straight up. Do you know, like, she came out looking sickly, but it's like, mm-hmm. they don't, the judges don't know that we've already had this story with Monet where we, like, know that that's what she's like, you know? Like, what she's referencing yeah. specifically. Um, yeah. It's a, Cameron was, like, top two of the week for me, for sure. Agreed. Yeah. Because I think she did what everyone else was trying to do. But, like, she sold it all as one instead of, like, being too far one way or too far the other. I think that she really got – she got it. She just nailed yeah. it. Also, she put on a prosthetic, which is something we very rarely see on this show, which I no, always No, it appreciate. doesn't happen yeah. often. So, let's – I don't have many notes in Breast World, considering we just, like, talked about. Yeah. Uh, so, I thought that the editors really gave all the girls a good edit. I Even the bad people weren't, like – atrocious no nobody was like appallingly bad uh i would i wrote that it's probably the least worst (laughs) acting challenge you had because i don't think any of the acting challenges are particularly good no uh the thing is these acting challenges do not have a high rewatchability factor like you know like bitch perfect or like the other lip syncing challenges that people always like reference and come back to Mm -hmm. yeah i will say that this like I I had the least amount of issues getting through this one as I have like in any of the acting challenges past. So Agreed. it's just it's um everyone's good. I just think I mean we've talked about this every week. Like everyone's actually really good and like even the people who sucked it wasn't like you sucked. So no, not much, at all because you know? that's this whole season is there's no everybody yeah, has something to bring to the table. Yeah. Uh so I did highlight some uh things that I enjoyed. So I love whenever we got Miss Bianca Del Rio's baloney. Mm. Uh, and cockadoodle do me is my new favorite phrase. And I want to do it when I'm twerking and like <laughs> yeah, bouncing that was off perfect. the ground. I love that. Another line that was really great in the skit was for the love of Michael Fassbender, right after the cocks got taken out. I just thought that was so funny. Have you seen his penis? No. It's, it's impressive. Uh, just Google it sometime. <laughs> you better believe I will. And another great note. Another great thing was, uh, oh, Lord, she's getting back up again. I'm out of here. So good. And then my final thing, my final note on this is, who's Randy Rainbow? And should I know who he is? Not really sure, because I don't know who he is either. <laughs> that was my one note. He came out, and I was like, Chris, Kristen, do you know? I was like, I knew she wasn't going to. Do you know who this person is? Why should I know who this person is? I feel like that was like a West Hollywood deep cut, maybe. I don't know, because... Yeah, I'm not totally sure. Did you have any other notes on the rest world? I really liked Monet and the challenge just overall. I Me thought too. she was getting her life. It was yeah. like perfect. And she knew exactly what to do to make her jokes land. Also, I think the fact that she was able to improv some things in that got used mm-hmm. speaks more volumes than it does to just do well with what you're given. Agreed. And I liked the moment where Muffy said she didn't understand. And they said by episode four, it gets yeah. better. Like, it makes more sense. And then I also liked the designing refer- designing women reference when they were like, that's the night the lights went out. <laughs> um, so I, like I said earlier, like the whole self-referentialness of this yeah. challenge, I think, is what helped make it watchable right because like like i said i've never seen westworld so i don't fucking understand no they made it those parts of it but they made it gay so that's fun uh one thing that made me laugh would was that there was a lot of references to the song peanut butter in this episode there were (laughs) 
<laughs> and that made me laugh so hard based on your uh, GIF slash GIF conversation from last week. And I just pissed you off by saying peanut butter by RuPaul, now available on iTunes. It cracked me up the whole episode. Anytime they came back to peanut butter, I was just like, Tiffany's so pissed. <laughs> I'm she, fine with that. If they say GIF. Um, I'm not a dumbass. Do you have anything on critiques or deliberation, any of that? So as far as the deliberations, Abby living for Monet made me so happy. Yeah. And I I thought it was interesting that she said Aquario was probably her favorite. I thought Aquario was very watchable. I did too. I'd put her as my second top. Okay. So. For the week, for sure. Um, so you don't think Asia should have won? You think it should have been Monet? I wanted it to be Monet. I kind of, I really did too. But I was happy to see Asia win because of her, you know, challenges last week. For sure. But. I, yeah, I, I think Asia won because of the conversation that Rue had with her. And I, I think that like Rue was trying to create a narrative there that he had to make come to fruition. (laughs) With, like, the champ, you're a champion conversation in the workroom. Right. That would make sense. I don't know. I don't think, um, I don't know. I, I really thought Monet did the best just based on, like, what we saw. Uh, I thought that, like, the Paris, Paris, Parasailin mm-hmm. was really good, but it was kind of, like, just to the books. You know? Right. Whereas Monet took what she was given and made it a little extra special. She made it better, and- Yeah. Well, not not, but I also noted that in the post critiques, when they were just like wrapping things up, uh, Abby and Rue are kikiing, and Rue's like, "Yeah, who on Bob City could get a a spinoff?" And they were like, "Marcel," <laughs> referencing when Rue was on Broad City, which I loved. He had a couple episode run on there. Yeah, too. sure did. Yeah. I thought he was great on the show. So, all right, so get into this. Uh, oh, before we just talk about the lip sync, uh, do you, so we kind of discussed this a little bit earlier, but do, who would you have put at the bottom two? Uh, Eureka and Cracker? Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I just think Because I think Cameron's runway was better than Cracker's runway. Mm-hmm, but I, I honestly, like, think that Cameron really blew the challenge, and she, her runway was really strong. You're probably right. And I think that, um, I do think... Cracker needs to lip sync, but I don't think I wanted to take Eureka out of the bottom to to put Cracker. In. No, 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 no. So Eureka definitely. We could have just we should have just pulled a Drag Race Thailand and done three lip syncs, oh, like a lip sync three off. Maybe that's what's coming to okay. compensate for the no elimination this week. Well, even with the spoiler alert, if you haven't watched uh, Thailand, just skip fifteen seconds. Only one. Only one person gets eliminated during the three-person oh. lip sync. Yeah. So I think I could be wrong. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> so is it my turn? I guess so, yeah. The time has come for you to lip sync for your life. Yeah? No. Yeah. Okay. You did it. Okay. So go ahead. You start. Okay. So upon first watch. Oh, if- wait. For, just before we get into like talking about the Queen's. What a great lip sync song choice. Oh. Yeah, perfect. Without a fucking yes. doubt. The, I feel like the first time I was like, oh, yes. This thank makes you. sense. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so watching it the first time, I was like, okay, like they were pretty even. Mm-hmm. Watching it the second time, 
Cameron is fucking selling that start to finish. Whereas, like, Eureka has these moments where she's setting herself up to do a stunt and she, like, turns away from the the camera and the judges, I assume. Yeah. Or she's, like, taking a moment to walk to the back of the stage. No. Cameron is full-facing them the entire time and hitting every single beat. And I knew she could fucking lip sync because I've seen her on her story, like, multiple times. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't even worried about her going in. I wasn't either. I was like, she's going to fucking surprise the shit out of everybody and lip sync the fucking house down. And that's what she did. Yeah. Like, it sh- very, very clearly could have just been a Cameron, you Bye. stay. Yeah. 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 Like, without a doubt. I, so I agree. So I think Cam- just Cameron nailed the whole thing start to finish, like you said. I like that she started out with a little bit of campiness, like referencing mm-hmm. the character that she was. And then she went into like, this is how Cameron lip syncs a little bit after she did a little bit of the character, which I appreciate because it's like, okay, if you would have done that stick the whole time, it could have been got- like, gotten old really fast. Oh, but then sure. she turns it out as like Cameron, Cameron what? Michaels, the performer. Yeah. Um, Eureka. I So based on watching this a few times, Eureka really fucked up the first half. She didn't do it anything the first half of that song and i think she realized that she was like fucked so she was like i'm gonna pull out some tricks i have a huge issue when it comes to desperation and a lip sync when i can see you're like i need to like i know i'm losing and i need to be better that really turns me off like why weren't you just better (laughs) does that sound terrible yeah because then you start doing things out of desperation like the high kick was messy and then Everyone really loved Eureka Slit, the first one where she like fucking turned around. I I, I didn't like that either. But here's uh, the thing is sometimes. But she landed the wrong way. I think it was a mistake that she landed facing the wall and then she had to fix it, which is why she like scooted. Scooted around. And the first thing I thought of was Milan like pussy, dragging her pussy across the floor whenever she would lip sync. Oh my God. But. When no one liked that either. I think it's unfair to be like, oh my God, don't be desperate. Just do better. I mean, <laughs> you're like no, because going in confident, but that doesn't mean that you're gonna. I mean, she could have gotten shell shocked by the fact that Cameron came and was like turning it the fuck out right away. Yeah, then why wasn't she turning it the fuck out right away? Because she was starting, she was starting it off a particular way. Like she was doing that. Um, she was commanding the attention and like pulling focus to her face, right? Yeah, like Latrice Royale style, mm-hmm. just like selling it. But Cameron wasn't playing that game. Cameron, like you said, was camping it the fuck out. And it was more effective. Maybe I need to rephrase. When I can see the desperation in your face. Then, so like, I don't like when you get desperate and then you make the choice just to twirl for twirl's sake. I don't like that. Well, I think that's what happened. That is what happened. I'm not like arguing your point. I just think it's fucked up to be like, uh, don't be desperate. Just do better. Well, sometimes you can't control like how you respond to things in the moment. It's like you get one shot to do it. You get two. So go. Not always. That's not true. They had Nino Bonina Brown and Valentina lip sync again because they were purposefully trying to give Valentina a chance to like lip sync correctly. They don't record the lip syncs twice. I thought they did. No. They record the runways twice. You get one chance. Do you know what I mean? And that's like high pressure is shit. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know how the fuck I would act. Like everybody was. So Vanessa Vanjie's response to the whole thing mm-hmm. just like i don't know what's happening like, yeah i'm stunned like oh, i yeah. fully understand no i got it's that the first episode <laughs> do you know what i mean so eureka probably thought like i did enough to eke by or 
she was coming from the place like, Cameron's probably not. Like, I can take my time. I can get the engine going. Like, I'm going to command the attention. But I'm going to stand here and just sell it to you for a minute. build it naturally. You can't, not in this scenario. I disagree. She couldn't. She couldn't. Not with what Cam with what Cameron was doing. And I'm not justifying her twirling. Yeah. I'm saying that she needed to be bringing more. And you can bring more without needing to like go into a split and like wiggle your ass all well, around. Well, she took or ten minutes to walk to the back of the stage. Well, that's what I mean. Yeah. Like she just made poor choices. I don't think she knew the words. Oh, I was wondering if that was the case or Because not. why would you face the back so much? If you if you landed your split backwards. But I feel like this is a classic song. Like, you had to have lip synced to this before, right? I mean, I don't know what she chooses to lip sync to. But you know to. what I'm I... saying? Like, this is a well-known song. You I would know, assume. I, I yeah. know parts of the words to the song. Okay, so I, la- I feel like people had issues with the double split. And I was like, guys, no uh, one that planned that. Yeah. But that's what I mean. Like, <laughs> yes. they don't record the lip syncs twice. They didn't look at each other and go, okay, one, two, three. Yeah. Like, I liked it. I thought I, I had fun with it the double. It just fucking happened. Well, it's exciting when two things happen at the same time. It's just yeah. like, oh, look at look at that. Uh, I don't think it should have been a double Shantae. No. Um, I think Eureka's had her time. Yeah. I think she's she's given what she can. I don't think she should win this season. Um, do you think it would have been a double Shantae had Cameron and Cracker no. lip synced against each Probably other? Probably not. I don't think so either. Probably not. Um, so, like, my thing is, I think the lip sync for your life was very entertaining to watch. Uh, the second half specifically was a spectacle mm-hmm. to be seen, for sure. But I just think that, I just think Cameron did better. I don't she know. She did do better. Yeah. I mean, and in I, my th- opinion as well, I agree with you. Yeah. Uh, like, I... I think I'm starting to agree that I feel like Eureka has run her course in this show. Um, we've now seen her for 14 episodes, concluding the five that we've seen her prior. Um, I'm trying really hard not to let like public things happening now like affect what I feel about her based I on think, watching the show. But I think that there's been a lot going on, and there was a lot that happened yeah. during, and they like can't really get into it. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Because that's the feeling that I get. They talk around it a lot, and I'm guessing. As many people that are talking around the same thing, yeah. I'm guessing contractually they can't get into it. Yeah. Right? Like, there's probably a time limit, and after that time limit passes, after the episodes all air, then they can maybe spill the tea if they want. Mm-hmm. Is that a good idea because they all continue to work with each other after that? I don't know. You know what I mean? It may not even be really worth it to get into it fully. I don't know. Um, I- But it sounds like Eureka's a real pain in the ass. I think that's like... Being fair to everybody involved and not dragging her based off of speculation, I think she just fully is a pain in the ass. And I think that she self-produces a lot to have a lot of moments on the show. And sometimes that's a positive thing and sometimes it comes off hokey to me. And I, like, don't love that, per se. And I, I feel don't... like... I don't think she's a winner. Okay. I think Aquario deserves to win more than Eureka. That's just me. I'm not going to argue that. I know, but, but people, I just, people might not agree with that. But well, I, I, just, I think if we're, you know, talking about what makes a winner. Right. But I just, like, my thought is, if this was recorded so long ago before we knew any of the things true. that came out about happened. My thought is, like, I have to, like, try to be as objective as I can. Like, For I mean, sure. clearly I like Cameron and I want her to stay because she's my favorite. But I also think that Cameron literally just won the lip sync and... That's just what it was. And I don't think it would have been a double Shantae had it not been Eureka in the bottom two with her. Oh, I fully agree. And I think so. 
I think removing all my personal feelings from it, I think everybody feels that way. Yeah. And I also agree. Like, well, so Stacey Miller messaged me and she said, well, we didn't, didn't we already have like a, that's how you lip sync for your life and why they wasn't did. it a double Shantae they did. then? And I was like, because it wasn't Eureka in the bottom too. Right. But I'm also thinking that it's a double Shantae because we're producing the storyline that Eureka makes the, fi- like the finale. Well, I mean, it is what it is. It's we can't a, control it. It's a reality it. show. Yeah. But that's also annoying. Okay. So, so uh, before we get untucked, I would like to talk about the preview for next week and my issues with it. I'm trying to go in with an open mind, but I don't have it. So, first of all, Lizzo and Miles are the guest judges, and I love them both so much. Who's Miles? So, uh, he was on Parenthood. He was... Oh, yeah. I never watched well, that. He's on 13 Reasons Why as well, I and I'm pretty sure it. that's why he's on it, but he's actually queer, which is, like, makes it better for me, and I just love him. I just think he's the cutest, and his, you would appreciate his Instagram because it makes no sense, and there's, like, not pictures Fun. of him on it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, so let's talk about this. I'm going to talk about this makeover challenge real quick, and Chen is going to give you guys where I'm going to come into that episode. We are bringing in, we're fine on time. Okay. So you're, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we're bringing in six gay YouTube personalities. It is not going to be as exciting or as, like, as meaningful this time around with the makeovers than it has been in the past. Because in the past, we were telling people stories. All these people have books or YouTube channels. I could go fucking learn about them. They've all worn makeup before. They've all worn heels before. This it's is going to be a an, non-event. It's not an this a fish out of water experience. No, this is not an Emmy winning episode. Uh, what we're setting ourselves up for. So whatever. I'm I'm like really mad about it and I'm fired up about it. A be- lot of people online were reacting real poorly for one reason or another. It's... It, my feelings about the six people that they're bringing in to do the makeovers on a side, I think this was a poor choice. So... I agree with you. I hadn't really thought about it too much because I was more like trying to get a handle on why people were so upset in the first place. I don't know who any of these people are, you guys. And that's just because my experience with YouTube is growing. I didn't really (laughs) use it like everyone else uses it until maybe like a year and a half ago. I just normally watch, like, music videos and, like, untucked on it. That's literally all I ever used That's YouTube so for. I know. Isn't it the most ridiculous thing? Well, now I you just, only use it for Vine compilations. Well, now I use it for Vine compilations <laughs> and learning how to do stuff and makeup yeah. fails and, like, That's whatever. how I made my mirror, my, my vanity. See, so, yeah, I, like, I so did much. not have any... I had no idea. You know what I mean? I learned I how to use a, it. Like, I learned how to use a power drill on YouTube. No, honey. I didn't fucking know. <laughs> I had no idea. Uh, continue. Sorry, I interrupted. No, you're totally fine. I just, like, I don't know how to feel about it. And I, like, don't know if not knowing who these people are is going to help me or hinder me. I think it's going to help you because you don't really have opinions on them either way. There are some people that they're bringing in that I just don't like um, for one reason or another. So I... um I'm gonna have. I just think I'm gonna have issues with it because I don't like them. I think you're right. And then they're gonna try to like make me like them. And it's like, listen, you've already told your tragic story. Bring on someone I don't know. Sure. That's all. I just. I just remake the crew again. (laughs) That's not even it. Like bringing the crew on was so interesting because these people have worked on this show. This is. It's just gonna be crap. I just. Sorry. It's going to be what yeah, it is. Whatever. But we'll get there. We'll see what happens. I just wanted you to know my frustration before we even got into that episode. So let's move into Untucked. I like that the girls walk to the back to get into like the lounge area and Cracker immediately goes over and starts rehearsing. Oh, yeah. She doesn't even real... like join the girls yeah. at first. She's just like, nope. 
I'm going to go put my headphones in. Uh, yeah. And then after that, Eureka talks about what happened on the runway in regards to her. Well, I'm glad you're glam because I just got kind of read down to the floor down. I don't think you got read down. Uh, I mean, I pretty much got told, okay, Eureka, you did good, but just not as great as we know you can. So you still sucked. You know what I mean? That's what makes it so hard for me at this point. Everyone has acted like I've had some t sort of advantage because I was here before, but it has been nothing but a disadvantage for me when it comes to them because I get judged harsher than anyone would if they were new here. You have gotten this huge opportunity that a lot of girls sitting at their home bars wish that they had and you get yeah. a chance to do it again. I don't feel like they're saying like, you have like that. this like secret code to crack draggers. When they love you, they love this you. This is true. And like when you deliver exactly what they want in exactly that moment, they're like, oh my yeah. God, yes, Eureka, we love it. Right. I have very little time, so I wanna tell you that I love you all and I'm gonna work my ass off to not go home, but I'm clearly lip syncing. Well, what, you say so, clearly? I'm, oh. I don't know who with, but I definitely know that I am one of them. You kind of touched on this earlier uh, as far as like Eureka having an advantage because, or like advantage and disadvantage. I think the pros and cons of coming back out, like they balance each other out because there are expectations from you because you have been here before and they know what you can do. But you also run into the, but you also, because you've been away for a year and had time to make money and like do all these things, you are more prepared. So it, I think the expectations are raised because what you your abilities are raised based on your experience outside of the show. Right. So I don't think that that's unfair. <laughs> I guess that's what I'm saying. Because when There's you come two sides to the coin. Because when you come back from All Stars, we've seen what you've done outside the show. We have expectations. Right. That's just, it's just yeah. natural. Yeah. I was thinking about that. Maybe it was a couple times during the episode where I was just like, it's a shame that everybody doesn't come in with a blank slate. Because yeah. they don't. I mean. They don't. No. It's just. They don't. Mm -mm. And that's just the way that it is. <laughs> uh, so then at the end of the clip, I had to cut it out. Uh, Asia asks Cameron how she's doing. Cam, are you okay? Yeah, girl. Okay. She's just I just old. can't tell with that prosthetic on, like, yeah. if you're... She's got resting Mrs. Outfire face. Bitch. Yeah. I, can't really, I can't really move my face much, so... How do you feel about what went on out there? Oh, I don't know why they're li they think they're lip-syncing. I'm lip-syncing. Cameron... Camera always thinks she lips in good. I think she knows that she's probably in the bottom, but that doesn't mean you're gonna be lip syncing. We all watched that video, right? We all saw the same video. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I was terrible. Girl, Cameron. Oh God. They loved your look. You always discredit the positive that they say. You have to, at some point, look in the mirror and be like, okay, I might have it up, but this is sickening. You don't? That's not who I am. What do you see when you look in the mirror? I see somebody that's not an actor, first and foremost. I was the worst person in that video. If anything you get from this, I hope you start to understand how sickening you are and can be. How do y'all feel like this is? So, I don't understand what's wrong with Cameron knowing that she didn't do well. Uh, it seems like they're just, they've been getting irritated with her 
for the exact opposite reason that they've been irritated with Aquaria. They're not behaving as they would expect them to. So Aquaria was being too confident, and that was unsportsmanlike. And now Cameron is not being confident enough to them, like, kind of as the group, because it's like all of them are in on it, basically. Right. And and now that's irritating. And it's like, okay, I understand you guys are in this situation together. You're really stressed out. And like you said earlier, things that maybe normally wouldn't be a big deal are, right. like, getting on everybody's nerves but it's very much a situation where it's like people deal with things differently yeah you can voice your concern because i felt like that's what asia was doing at one point she's like what do you see when you look in the mirror like are you a confident human being yeah because that's how that was reading to me and that's like coming from a place of genuine concern whereas like you always think you in the bottom is like (laughs) a little condescending yeah um I have more but to say about. But if she says like, if she says like, this is just the way that I am. Again, it's that closed off thing. Right. She just doesn't fuck around like that. The other thing is like, Asia, you were just in the situation last week, and you weren't practicing your lip sync and thinking that you were gonna have to do it. Do you know what I mean? It's right. just like, I think when you're in the bottom and you feel like you're in the bottom, just let yourself think you're in the bottom. It's better to think you are in the bottom and then get a break from it than to like not, not think you're in the prepared. bottom. Uh, I, as I love we Monique. Have yeah, seen. it's just, just be yeah, be like a Boy Scout. Be prepared. Yes, God. Uh, then Eureka has a moment where she's like, "I love all of you, and thank you for accepting me." And this is what I mean. And so, like, the part of it that I liked was she she said, "I would rather just tell you in in person rather than writing it on a note or a mirror how I feel about you." But then everything else was just like. Like, very overblown to me. It was, like, kind of a lot. Yeah. Because no matter what, you're still talking in front of a camera and you're aware of that. Yeah. You know what I mean? For sure. Like, it was just a lot for me. So then a TV is rolled out and Cracker's mom and sister appear on screen. And I cried both times. (laughs) I didn't. I mean, I thought it was really sweet, but I didn't. Uh, no, I didn't cry at the video. I cry about what we learn about after the video. Oh, okay. <laughs> so we learn that Cracker's mom has a chronic illness that will cause her to lose her vision within a year. And Cracker needed to be on the season so her mom could see her on TV. And then... Um, and Cracker's response to getting the video was very strange to me based on what happens after this. I think when you're... I don't know. I... I'm trying, I don't want to like say how people should react, but Mm -hmm. Cranker took this moment and turned it into a moment to come for Cameron. And this is what happened. Is just not being happy when she had the opportunity to be. So, you know. That's deep. Not being happy when you had the opportunity to be. Oh yeah. She's like, I should have taken advantage of the fact that I was beautiful instead of pretending that I was less than I was. Exactly. And I feel like you are just not getting it. Here you are in the top six, and you're, you just want a challenge. <laughs> and and like, even like the whole experience, like you've got, they've loved so much of you. Yeah. And that like really one of the things that your mom said was like this experience yeah. already is a win. Yeah. That's right. And like. Just so you all know, when the dramatic music starts playing, that is when Cameron leaves the room without 
any warning or fuss or um <clears throat> so it was rude that she got up and like if it happened the way that they showed it it's like kind of rude that they're talking to her and she just gets up and walks away i disagree uh no it's fucked up so okay so had she been like i don't want to talk to you anymore i'm gonna leave yep. better no. Yep. Disagree. No, you can't. You can't do that. That's that's fucked up because you're running away from the conversation to not have the conversation. Yeah. And like a that's conversation she didn't want to have. Right. And that's all you have to say. Like leaving like that leaves everything off in a more awkward place than what if it would be just be like, I don't really need to get into this. Well, because then you have to stay. They're going to keep talking about it to her, whether or not she would want it. Like that's but what would have happened. And then that's when you remove yourself from the situation. But I think it's. And, like, I went through a whole experience with this. Like, you do more damage not acknowledging somebody when they're talking to you. Like, it's, like, categorically, empirically proven. Like, someone says something to you and then you don't respond to them. That's, like, the worst thing you can do this for, like, my an whole interpersonal life. relationship. No, I'm, like, being real talk right now. Like, I know you are. People need to be acknowledged. Like, so even if Cracker was being bitchy... She was, like, taking something vulnerable and trying to, like, make a point. In front of a group of people. Yeah. Right. Was it appropriate is, you know, questionable at best. But, like, you can't. I disagree. It's like, it's like fighting fire with fire. Like, you can't. Okay. Like, yeah, she's wrong. But all you needed to say was, like, I need to go smoke a cigarette. And, like, that's it. But, like, getting up and walking away is so. uh, I disagree. I, I understand what you're saying, but sometimes I, if I was in this situation. So it, you disagree because this is what you would do, which is fair. Well, That's let me, fine. Well, first of all, you're not letting me finish my story okay, because if someone was coming at me like those people were, I would not be able to politely say, I just need to remove myself from the situation. I would be fucking cunty back. So I would just get up and leave and apologize later. And just because that's how I function, I would need to go take a beat. But I can't, like, if you're expecting a response from me and I'm fired up and the way you're coming at me is not how I like to talk, I'm not going to just be like, I'm not going to come at you that way because that's not how I'm going to do it. And I cannot just be like, I need to remove myself from the situation. So I would have gotten up and not said anything and just smoked a cigarette. And then I would have thought about it outside (laughs) and, like, come to my own conclusions out there. That's a choice. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I do this with text messages all the time. I um, so <laughs> I'll see them and I'll just be like, I'll respond to you later whenever I get to it. I used to be of the kind of person who, if I was in this situation and I said how I felt and then somebody kept needling at me kind of like this, I would have popped the fuck off about it. And I would have, in that moment, turned around a cracker and be like, okay, so you're going to use your almost blind mama to try to make a point to me right now? Like, I wouldn't have been fucking kind about it. So would it have been better like, if she had just sat there and just not talked? No, absolutely not. Yeah. Because you don't have to sit there and take right. that. You know what I mean? Like, if you're done with somebody, you're done with somebody. But, like, I'm of the mind now, like, from for lots of reasons. Yeah. And, like, everybody's different. There's, like, per se, no wrong way. But I don't... I've just learned that it's more damaging to be like that. And I've learned that it's more damaging just to run away from stuff. It's better for you to own your reaction and just be like, listen, I can't talk to you about this anymore. I'll be back. And then you walk away. Because at least it's putting a temporary end on the conversation. And it's not leaving anybody like proverbially hanging. 
You know what I mean? Because there's like a weird fucking tension that happens when you like storm off like that. At least in person. I mean, in text message, like, you know what I mean? It's a little bit different because yeah. nobody knows that you're already staring at your phone and read the messaging. You're I mean, irritated. everyone, everyone knows you're staring at your phone you know all the mean? time. So like, like, let's just not even play that game. So it's just, it is, it's just, it's different, right? Because you don't want to assume in that it's just different. And how everybody responds, I shouldn't shame anybody for how they respond to anything because well, yeah, that's I mean, the point that I'm trying to make with right. Cameron. Yeah, too was like well, the thing was like let her feel how she wants to feel about well, if, it. Okay, so like let's say someone got a message from their mother and you're in the situation, are you expecting them to like turn it around on you somehow? No, she was probably like waiting for like Cracker to be like, I really love my mom. Well, blah, then blah, on blah, top blah, blah, of that, yeah. she's upset because. She's the bottom. Yeah, I of think course. really like the thing that was bothering her more than anything was the fact that it wasn't her mom. Because that's what she says. Right. It's like, it wasn't my mom. Should we just get to the part where they talk yeah, outside? Yeah, might as well. Because that's like super important, I think. Okay. You okay? What's going on, sis? I know you want to see your mom on the screen, right? Yeah, I do. It just triggered you seeing, knowing that it was Cracker's mom and not yours. I just, I thought it was going to be my mom. I love you. Love you too. And I know your mom has to adore you because you're incredible. You have like the cutest old lady tear because it's like right down your cheek well, and there's God like I'm a ugly. whole line. Thank God I'm ugly because I'm sure the tears just make it no, tears even better. Do not express ugliness, they express beauty and strength. People that show their vulnerabilities are showing strength, not weakness. Don't ever think that. I'm just a lot like my dad, and he never showed any type of, like, weak emotions. This just wasn't who he was, and I think I'm very like him in that um, aspect. How's he? He's gone. He's not here anymore. He died, like, five years ago. I, I just can't imagine. Do you want to talk about it? That was hard. I don't think I've ever dealt with it. I don't think I ever will. <laughs> Tell me about him. He was amazing. My mom married my dad, and her and I had the life that she never had um, from her first marriage. They both loved me. They both supported me. Um, they had no problem with me being gay, so. You're so lucky. I'm very lucky. My dad was he was loving, he was affectionate, um, but any time that he was upset, he dealt with those on his own time, and I'm exactly like him. I think they're, I think emotions are weak, and they're just, they don't do anything for you, so I just don't usually deal with them. Moments of weakness are, are not something that I like to share with others. I think I've held that back, this whole competition, just fighting and fighting and fighting. And I think all of those emotions have built up until today when I just couldn't hold them back anymore. Okay. Now you can go. <laughs> okay. So clearly she was just super upset because it wasn't her mom. Yeah. Like, I don't even know if Cracker's comment landed. I think she was just more like, get me out of here because I'm emotional. Yeah. Well, also, like, um, when you're that emotional... At least for me, I can't hear things anymore. Like you could be talking to me, I would hear you speaking no, it, to me, it but happens, it just like is like sure. nothing is nothing is processing in Landing. my head. Yeah, it, it's uh, yeah. I 
I'm like bummed for Cameron, but also it's, it's, it, I understand not wanting to show emotion. Like I get that. It's part of the toxic masculinity we're always talking about. It's true. I was very shocked to learn that both of um, Cameron's parents were really cool with her being gay and doing her thing. I, yeah. I don't like, I, I would I kind of expected the dad to be a tragic story. And it was just the tragic part was that he He's passed. He's no longer yeah, here yeah. anymore. Yeah. So I think it was just, it's more telling that she was like, I don't like dealing with emotion. I've never dealt with his death. Like, yeah. I can't. I just don't do that. No. I, and that explains a lot about how she presents herself on the show. Mm-hmm. So then um, Asia says that she's really worried about Cameron as a human or like a person. Um, Cameron's quiet behavior really gets to her. And then she mentions how, like, when she would have conversations with the vixen, that it would, like, land. And when she speaks to Cameron, it doesn't. Well, let's talk about, like, the best conversation the Asian... The Asian... The A... That Asian... Sorry. You're fine. That Asia and the vixen had was... The Asia pulled the vixen aside to have that really big heart-to-heart... I mean, like, based on what we've seen, it doesn't seem like Asia's ever tried to have a conversation about Cameron with Cameron aside from everyone else. Yeah, I mean, that's possible unless yeah. if there was a more of an interaction not in not on camera. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. something that happened another time, maybe. Maybe. I don't know. It's like, like I said, it's hard to get a full picture. Um, so Monet and Cracker both think that Cracker is lip syncing against Eureka. <laughs> Because she really could have. Yeah, I mean, honestly, she could have. So the weirdest part of this whole Untucked is everyone's announced safe. And then Cameron and Eureka are just in the lounge by themselves talking. Yeah, that was was, real awkward. It actually made me really uncomfortable. Yeah, (laughs) I didn't like like that that because it was clearly like them just being like, oh, my God, go sit on the couch and talk about how you're safe. I was like, yeah. okay, <laughs> okay, yeah, let's break the whole formula for the episode and not just end it there. Let's, like, have this weird tail know. end piece. I guess maybe, actually, because they didn't show anybody packing up. But that segment wasn't as long as a packing segment. It was short. Right. Yeah. So but I, I guess maybe that was, like, their justification. Maybe. I don't but, know. But, like, just end it. Well, like when, fine. Well, because when Untucked was on YouTube, it didn't matter how long it was because they weren't right. ads in between. So maybe that's just what, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, who I could didn't be sure? like it, though. I didn't like it at all. So. <laughs> and there was, like, I don't know. I felt like it was, it almost to me felt like the whole show had finished. Like, I mean, everyone's been eliminated there in the finale. Like, they know who the top four is. And then they were, like, you got put your put your outfits back on from this episode. We're gonna put you back in here for right. foreshadowing. Like what? The like fuck? what is that? Yeah, I don't That's know. So it was strange. Weird. I didn't like it at all. It made me no. very uncomfortable. Mm-mm. Uh, is there anything else for this episode? You like? No, it was it happened. Okay, so before still top six. Before we get into all of our social media and stuff, I just want to play one more clip. Okay. Bianca Del Rio, Maloney, Ivy Winter. How's your head? I have not had any complaints. <laughs> okay, girl. Okay, okay Mary. Okay, <laughs> This was really good. <laughs> That's the, the night. The, the lights went, went out in Breastmark. Right. Ah, yeah. That makes no sense at all. 
Okay. And with that, yes. thank you so much for listening. Thank you. So if you don't already follow us on everything, we are on everything. Everything. Instagram. Twitter. It's, it's so much easier than us giving that. Also, even easier. Don't even search for us. There are links in the description box below. Yes, honey. If you're interested in our Patreon, that's where that is located. So I had to put a link there. I had to go back and put it on all of the old things. Oh, so fresh. It's a lot. But I'm going to do it. Yes. Uh, I got to make a bit lead for it. Oh, the whole. Oh, sorry. All I'm just like, I'm like stuff. thinking out loud on the podcast. I'm like, I got to do all this stuff to make it happen. Um, yeah. So please check us out there if you're interested. Bonus things. Um, we haven't recorded any bonus episodes, but it'll be up very shortly. Like, I mean, we did yeah. record a bonus episode. We did, but that's an episode that has to be has on the feed. Yes. <laughs> Correct. But thank uh, you if you listened yes. to both episodes yeah, today. Yeah. Thank you so much for listening in general. I don't know, making it through this episode with us. This yes. episode just was like hard to get through because a little bit. it was weird. It was a weird I feel one. like that because of what happened in the week leading up to it and then what happened on the episode it's just like, just like Ugh. Ugh. yeah yeah very <laughs> that very that um but yeah uh social media email us if you feel like you have anything you'd like i love when i get emails but all it is is google alerts <laughs> correct um, thank you susan for emailing us that was yes. very sweet we appreciate that so the much feedback uh was very reassuring yeah it bears repeating podcast at gmail.com and now that we have all of this special stuff if you donate to the patreon on, that's where the producer page will be. Also, we'll link to the Patreon through our website at bearsrepeatingpodcast.com. Yes, good. I think that wraps everything up. Sure does. My name is Tom. And I'm Tiffany. And this has been It Bears Repeating. And it does. We'll see you next week. See ya. Bye. 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 Bye.